views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. This show's audio was via a Skype call. Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Many of you have noticed we have started an amazing new series It's called our Creating a Better World series, and I've had the honor and pleasure of interviewing people from all over the world doing some of the most incredible things. So stay tuned, fasten your seatbelt, and here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I want to tell you that this is part of our good news segment. And you know what I want to tell you about it is I just went through the conversation I'm about to have with uh, Dr. Rebecca Rabbit joining me here today as somebody that is taking information out there that many of us need, but we don't even know how to get. Here's the thing. For those of you out there and you're thinking, ah, Medicare, what are they talking about? I'm not. No, it's for your parents. Parents, for those of you that are wondering, does it affect me? If you have parents, it does, and someday it will. The Thanksgiving Make Sure Your Parents 2018 Medicare Part D plan. It is the one that's best for them, and we're going to find out why today. Um, This is really a must conversation, and welcome to the show, Rebecca. It's great to have you again. Thank you so much. I just went through this the other day. And, um, you know, first call everybody up, find out what what has changed, what is not. Because I got to tell you right now, if you're watching television at all, uh, you're confused. What I know is that everyone's coming on there, whether it's a, a supplemental, they're saying you got to find out. Is this sort of part of the confusion and why you're doing this to help people make good decisions? We are, absolutely. And it is very confusing, as you said. And having just gone through it, you probably can relate to some of the things we'll be talking about today. Yeah. What we've done is tried to put together a website to help people understand this very complex decision. First, we're going to tell everybody the website a lot of times, and then, of course, we're going to put up a banner, but um, let's spread it to the gate, let folks know what is the website, because this is super important. It is. It's roadmapformedicare.com. And on there, you can help orient yourself to all the parts of Medicare, as you probably learned. Mm -hmm. There's various parts of it. D is the drug benefit. And we also offer, you know, a video tutorial, things you can download to help educate yourself or your parents or grandparents, as well as uh, frequently asked questions to help 
just get right out of the gate some of yeah. the most common um, information that needs to, to be understood. Now, listen, you are one of the leading experts on this. You're, you're an expert with Express Scripts. And more importantly, you're an expert on this. And uh, this is why this is important, because you watch a commercial, uh, not sure, those are not really experts. You, you start to maybe think, oh, I got to do something. Then you get your kids involved or your family involved. They don't know what you're talking about. So let me just ask you this question. Let's go through some of the facts that people should know about. Specifically in regards to their drug coverage plan, you start with, are you in a plan today? Mm. And how is that plan? How is that plan meeting your needs? If you're not in the plan um, or you're thinking about changing a plan, that's where the research um, really starts. And you need to think about uh, what can you afford on a monthly basis? But it's not just about the premium, which is what you pay every month to participate, but what medications are you taking today? Right. And are those medications covered by the plan? Right. If you're happy with the plan that you're in, it's still a great idea to check and see what changes did they make? Did they change the copay for the medication? Did they take it off the formulary? Did they potentially add prior authorization that will make it either more difficult for me to get it or cost me more money? And if those, those are true, then the plan may not be the best choice for you, and that's where your research needs to start. You know, you said something really important, and I want to just say it again. Sometimes we make decisions, and we look at a plan, and we look at the monthly uh, of, of, of cost of the plan. And, and, and so we look on one hand, and we say, oh, you know what? That one's, that one's less expensive per month, you know, and, the, and here's what comes out of your mouth. I really can't afford the extra $25, $50 or whatever that is. But we don't take into consideration that there may be a plan that covers a whole lot of things that this least cost-effective monthly one uh, doesn't cover. Isn't that part of the analysis here and the find and what you should find out? Absolutely. It's about the total cost, yeah. right? Not just what you pay every month, but what you pay when you go to the pharmacy um, and what you have to pay out of pocket before your plan starts covering some, mm -hmm. some other costs. And another thing to think about is if you're on a brand name drug, was there a generic that was on the market in the last year, recently approved? The government has been working to approve more generics uh, to the market, and they're approved by the Food and Drug Administration and equally effective to the brand. So if that's the case for you, you can switch to a plan that covers the generic and potentially save yourself a lot of money. How long do people have to either enroll or change their plan? And I want to talk about the changing plan part too. But what what is sure. the, what time periods are we working with here for folks? Uh, December seventh. Mm -hmm. So um, we were it, it opened on October fifteenth. Right. So it's been about a month now. Um, advertisements, as you mentioned, are uh, prolific on TV. Yeah, and we have about another three weeks left to continue the research. So we think it's a great time as families get together over the holidays for uh, sons and daughters and nieces and nephews to just check with the older adults in their family that might be Medicare eligible and say, you know, how's that decision going? Have you made a decision? Right. Um, do we want to talk about it? So you can kind of test, you know, whether they did go through the right thought process in choosing a plan that's best for them. Mm -hmm. What do you find, Rebecca? What do you find? 
are most of the types of questions that come up for people that are in this situation, that are thinking, that are probing? What, what, is, the, what is most confusing for them? I think one of the more confusing parts is trying to decide if you want to be in traditional Medicare or if you want to be in a managed care plan. Managed care plans typically cover everything in one bundled plan, medical, physician offices, and drugs for one premium. Um, but they have some limitations to them, meaning that you're limited in doctors, limited in hospitals. Um, and so if you're local to your area, that may not be a big concern for you. But a lot of older Americans travel a lot and um, need to be able to get care wherever they may be, in which case traditional Medicare uh, may work better for them. But traditional Medicare is hospital and some doctor's office visits, and it means you have to buy a prescription drug plan on your own. Mm. It's voluntary, but I recommend that you don't wait because eventually most of us are going to need medications as we grow older. And if you wait... Um, they will charge you more for for waiting. So part of what happens is we get our, you know, family involved, you know, uh, seniors can, you know, get things that ask questions. But sometimes I think, Rebecca, we don't even know what to ask, do we? We don't. And that's why we put our frequently asked questions on the roadmap for Medicare.com website. Mm-hmm. That's a great place to start because it will give you a, a wealth of information to, to really start the research process. So there's also this thing called the Medicare star rating system. Uh, I, I will tell you that many people don't even know that it exists and for sure don't know what that is. What is it and how does it help seniors move along so that they can make a, a decision that they feel is a good one for themselves? The Star Ratings Program is a a quality rating program given by the federal government, and it looks at things like how easy is it for you to get your medications on this plan? What do the members actually think? Um, How many complaints are there about the plan? What kind of programs do they offer that help members understand the importance of being adherent with their medications? And so you want to look for a plan that's four or five stars. Um, as we move forward and we get closer to the date, um, there are things that kids don't even know the, the children of the, of the parents and certainly sitting down with your parents and going through roadmap, right? Roadmap for Medicare.com is one way to do this too. Um, the other thing is that folks really want to know. What are the important things to look at? You've named a couple of them. If I travel, you want to look here. If I already know I've got a pre-existing condition, you want to look here. Um, But what are some of the things that you've discovered people really don't know about that are also important? I think a lot of people don't know that the government has a website where you can actually compare the plans to each other and see their ratings and it will calculate for you an estimated annual cost. So as we mentioned earlier, it's not just about the premium, right? It's all of the deductibles and copays that go along with it. So when you go to this website, it's the Medicare Plan Finder website. You can put your zip code in and all the medications you're taking, and it will come back and tell you what's available in your area and what the costs will be for those various plans. Um, and, and that's a good way to 
do kind of a head-to-head comparison between the plans and make sure you're picking one that's right for you. There is a, there is a myth about this too, and maybe we should talk about this. I'm already enrolled in a plan, but you know, I don't think I can unenroll. I mean, why would I? And I think we need a little information about that. You know, let's say you already have a plan, but things in your life change, and perhaps you want to change your plan. Um, can you tell people how that works? Because I think folks think that it, this kind of works like some health insurance um, um, packages, but this is really important for people to understand. You're right. And if you do nothing and you're already in a plan, you will auto-enroll into that plan for 2018. Mm-hmm. And if you're happy with that plan and there's few changes, it may work out great for you. Um, but as we said earlier, you really need to check and make sure that there haven't been dramatic changes to that plan. When you want to enroll in a plan, you can do that all the way up to December 7th. Even if you've already made a change, you don't have to stick with it. You can continue to change your plans all the way up to December 7th. Mm. Well, thank you so much for today. Thank you for taking the time. Uh, Once again, um, please give out the website, but also please let me know what your personal message is. What do you want to leave us with here today? Sure. The website is roadmapformedicare.com and the federal website is medicare.gov. But we also know that some like to actually talk to a Medicare expert and really validate and ask some additional questions So Express Scripts offers Medicare advisors that can be reached at 866-544-3794. And you can also call 1-800-MEDICARE. They have experts there that will also answer a lot of questions about Medicare. Wow. Thank you so much for today. We're going to take a short break, everyone. We will be right back. Are you traveling most of your day? Do you want to take Transformation Talk Radio with you anywhere you go? Well, guess what? There's an app for that. Just go to the App Store on your Apple device or the Google Play Store on your Android and search Transformation Talk Radio. Catch all of our live shows no matter where you are. Thanks for listening. Wow. Hey, everyone. Welcome. Uh, welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. I'm telling you, I got to pinch myself some days because when each of us gets called to do something that we so not thought was in our real house to do for a purpose that's so much greater than us, we get to show up and shine. If you would like to show up and shine on the Dr. Pat Show as a co-host or sponsor, send us an email to inspire at the com. This is the Transformation Radio Network with a good news update. Stories to spread positivity. Man gives free haircuts to homeless on street corner, so a stranger buys him his own barber shop. To learn more about this story, visit goodnewsnetwork.org. Army of veterinarians treating dogs and cats for free until December. To learn more about this story, visit goodnewsnetwork.org. This has been a good news update. To learn more about these good news stories, visit our Facebook page, Positivity Rules. We now return to our flagship station for more inspiring shows. 
Take us with you on that morning commute. Download your favorite podcast from the Transformation Radio Network. Just visit transformationradio.fm. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is part of our good news segment. You know, we've been bringing you these uh, absolutely incredible sets of information about how you can take action on your own behalf in life and how you can become better informed. Today, Dr. Shannon Casper Bauer is joining me here today, infectious disease physician at the National Jewish Health and assistant professor in the division of micro, this is now, a, this is a tongue, uh, this is a tongue twister, My, mycobacteriology and respiratory infections at the University of Colorado. School of Medicine in Denver. But this show is super important. As many of you know, COPD is a phrase we hear everywhere. It's on television, but guess what? We don't really know that much about it. Today, Dr. Casper Bauer is going to take us on a journey about what COPD is, what we should know about it, and why is it that not just those that have it should be aware, but those around our loved ones. Uh, Dr. Shannon, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. Thanks so much for having me. You, you know, I mean, it's one of these things, COPD, when you hear it, it's on television, it's on commercials, it runs throughout the day. And many people don't really put a finger on it to say, yeah, that's something I should know about, except when those of us that we know our loved ones or our friends have it and are affected by it. You know, what is your vision? What is your passion for bringing this out into the world and having this conversation with us? So I'll just start by saying COPD, just as a definition, it stands for a chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. And a lot of people associate that with smoking use and emphysema. Um, but there are other forms of obstructive lung diseases, including asthma and chronic bronchitis. And what I'd really like to alert your viewers to today is a chronic infection that happens disproportionately in those patients with COPD. And that infection is called NTM. And very simply, NTM stands for non-tuberculous mycobacteria. And this is an organism that's found readily in the environment. So we're all exposed to it all the time. It's in the water and it's in the soil. And when it's aerosolized, we inhale it. Most of us just get rid of it on our own because we have normal airways and we're able to clear the bacteria easily. But people with COPD are not, and they have much higher rates. In fact, it's been estimated that they have a 15-fold higher risk of developing chronic NTM lung disease, which presents as a progressive chronic pneumonia. You know, I would imagine that it's very difficult for people to even get a good diagnosis as to what's going on. You know, so often we're hearing now for so many people, oh, you know, you must be allergic to something. Oh, you, you know, it, you just got a, the bug. Oh, and don't you find that this is confusing for people to really figure out what's going on and yet 
this is a pretty devastating disease. And, and I think it's important for people to know, you know, am I at risk? How do I know right. that it's not just like an allergy of something in the room? Right. So that's a great question. And I'll start by saying there are certain people who are at greater risk, including those with chronic obstructive lung disease, to get this chronic infection. And those would also be people that have compromised immune systems. So if you have an autoimmune condition and you're on a rheumatologic agent, for example, people that are older, so over the age of 65, is certainly a risk factor for NTM lung disease. Women are disproportionately affected compared to men. And important for you, your viewers, we actually see higher rates of NTM in people that live in coastal regions. So seven out of 10 cases of this chronic infection occur in people that are in the coastal parts of the United States. And just like you said, a lot of people yeah. we don't understand because the symptoms are nonspecific. They may just have a chronic cough. They might have some shortness of breath or fatigue, which is very nonspecific. Some people will have weight loss or poor appetite. And certainly if you have symptoms of fevers, night sweats, or chills, that would be something to alert that there could be a chronic infection going on. But we also recognize that there's a group of patients that just have recurrent episodes of bronchitis or pneumonia that are partially responsive to antibiotics. And because these are all nonspecific symptoms, our patients with NTM lung disease have frequent delays in diagnosis. Yeah. So they can go months and years without getting diagnosed properly. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you said something really important because um, I think that for many people, you know, you go, you get an antibiotic, you take the antibiotic, maybe you start to get a little better, but maybe you start coughing. Um, you know, you're trying to get down a bite of food and you cough. You know, after a while, when you have a condition like this, you kind of think it's normal, but not really, right? <laughs> Exactly. And it's oftentimes the people around that person who's coughing who say, oh, yeah, you're coughing all the time. And all you just, the time. You get used to it. Absolutely. But it's important to get tested. And the reason is that if this diagnosis goes undiagnosed, you can develop irreversible changes to the lungs. And we want to catch people early in their disease process to prevent that permanent damage. So what? Tell us a little bit about what the diagnosis is, because I'm excuse me, not the diagnosis, but what are the questions you should be asking your physician? I mean, you know, I got this cough. You know, you don't want to walk in there and say, well, you know, I got to tell you, you don't want to walk in there and have your doctor say, well, you know, you are getting older. Well, no kidding, right? (laughs) (laughs) Who's not getting older? (laughs) Right. Well, I'll say that the people that are really familiar with the diagnosis and treatment of this lung infection are either infectious disease physicians or pulmonologists. And so they'll oftentimes, they'll do a detailed history and physical, but they'll also take two more important steps. And the first is to culture your sputum. And so they will be looking for the mycobacterial germ in your sputum cultures. And the second is to order a CAT scan of the chest. So that might seem like a lot, but it really is important to get that CAT scan so that we can understand um, the definition of the disease and how significant is the disease in someone's lungs. You know, 
who are the most aware? Now, this may sound like a trick question, but it's not. You said you said something interesting. You know, sometimes when we have something chronic, and I say chronic because you have it, you get a condition, you know you don't feel the best you could feel, but you kind of get used to it, and then it becomes the norm. You know, family members that see this, friends that see this, you, you know what I'm saying? They're the ones that say, you know, maybe you should blank, blank, blank. What's in, fill in the blank for me? Maybe you should what? <laughs> maybe you should talk to your doctor about your <laughs> symptoms. And I think, you know, really um, understanding this takes some research, you know, yeah. and, and finding out what your resources are. So there are two important websites that I would alert your viewers right. to. And one is called aboutntm.com. And they can go on and read more about the symptoms, about how to start that discussion with their provider to move things forward. Mm -hmm. The second website is ntminfo.org. And this website is an excellent tool for connecting people with other patients who have NTM lung disease, whether that be through online forums or local support groups in their area. You know, I, I find this, you know, I, I find speaking to you fairly interesting for a lot of reasons. One, I was looking at your background and I was looking at, you know, the work that you do, the work in infectious disease, your affiliation with ATS and Infectious Disease Society of America. You know, I'm curious about you, your passion and what gets you involved in, in, in getting out there and spreading the word on this? Well, first of all, you know, I would say that I was inspired by my mentors and it's always nice to work with people who love what they do. So mm -hmm. that got me into this field of medicine. But once you get into it and you really enjoy what you're doing and you get to know your patients and you understand that this is an orphan disease that people aren't paying enough attention to, and so that's what really drives us all in this small community of NTM doctors to try and move things forward and encourage research and development in this field. You know, I, I think that for the most part, the people that are, are least aware of that this may be going on and that they may have lung disease are the people that actually may have it. Um, mm -hmm. Can you go through a list of symptoms? I know we mentioned a couple, but can you give us a list? Yeah, so I'll reiterate those because those are really yeah. important. And again, they're chronic symptoms. So yeah. a chronic cough, and it doesn't have to be productive of sputum. It can just be a dry cough. Again, fatigue, shortness of breath, fevers, chills, or night sweats, and weight loss. And then the group of folks that just have recurrent episodes of bronchitis or pneumonia that's not responding well to antibiotics, those would all be clues to talk to their physicians about getting the right tests done, doing those sputum cultures and getting yeah. a CAT scan of the chest to really understand could they have underlying NTM lung disease. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that, you know, this is where you can get information. The other thing, too, is how do people find out? Now, you know, like all of us are so connected to the Internet, um, um, and especially women. I mean, the latest statistics on moms over 35 and the degree by which they are on their smartphones on the Internet is just staggering. I mean, it's an unsuspected, uh, unsuspected thing. But there's got to there's be places for people to find out about this. 
Oh, absolutely. So those two websites, aboutntm.com, again, that is a great website to understand the lung disease and to understand the right questions to ask your providers to allow you to move forward with the diagnosis. And then secondly, that website, ntminfo.org, which connects people with other patients all around the country. And mm-hmm. there's support groups all over the United States. Um, that meet, you know, in local communities and then online communities to support one another. Okay, so let's talk about what happens now. Now that I find out this this is something I have, what can be done? I think that's what our listeners want to get to is like, okay, now I find out. Now what? Great question. So in general, the goal of treatment is to use a cocktail of antibiotics that are going to be effective against that germ that they cultured from their sputum and allow their sputum to turn what we call negative or not be able to find the bacteria in their sputum any longer. Unfortunately, that takes several months of treatment to be able to achieve that goal. And each patient is a little different, Mm -hmm. so I can't go into specifics about the treatment regimen because... The patients are different, the organisms are different, but there are excellent guidelines that are the 2007 publication from the American Thoracic Society and the Infectious Disease Society of America that is the current standard of management for patients with NTM lung disease. Well, uh, and you know, this again is the doctor, can I ask you a question? Which doctor do you go to? You know, we're getting a question coming in here. Which doctor do you go to? Do I go to my general doctor? Because nine times out of 10, that may not be the end of the road. Where should they look? Correct. So oftentimes what we find is that the infectious disease specialist or a pulmonologist are going to be the most familiar with this diagnosis and familiar with the treatment regimens. Okay, so all of the above then kind of leads to, in the end, can I get better? Absolutely. You absolutely can get better. And there are many tools that we use to help patients get better. Um, But the whole goal of treating someone is to cure them of the infection. And I'll just say that the sooner we diagnose patients, the more likely that is to occur. So if we struggle with delays in diagnosis, and people develop irreversible permanent damage to their lungs, that will make it harder to cure them of that disease. Mm-hmm. Uh, one last question. How long does the process take? The process of treatment? Yeah. Or the diagnosis? Treatment. Treatment. So again, that varies from okay. patient to patient or organism. But the whole goal and what we describe as the mantra of treatment is to continue to check those sputum cultures. And once we have negative sputum cultures for 12 months, then we say that that patient has been cured and they can stop treatment. Wow, this is so informative. Uh, Thank you so much for today, Dr. Shannon. Uh, One last question. Again, please tell us about the website, but what's your personal message? What do you want to leave us with today? I would say know if you're at risk. Don't ignore your symptoms. There are simple tools to get diagnosed with a sputum culture and a CAT scan. And know that there are two excellent resources online, the aboutntm.com and ntminfo.org. 
to answer any further questions they might have about this lung condition. Wow, thank you so much. Thank you for today. Uh, everyone, again, please make sure you go to the website. Please make sure that you know today in the show you heard some action that you can easily take. Uh, and remember, this is about living long, living life, and living it full out. Thanks for joining us here today. Thank you so much. You bet. Miss any shows during the week? Don't worry, we've got you covered. With the free Transformation Talk radio app, you'll have access to all of the past week's shows in the palm of your hand. Tune in to Transformation Talk radio anywhere you go with our free app for any of your devices. Check out our app in the App Store and Google Play Store today. Did you know that all of the shows on the Transformation Radio Network are available as podcasts to stream or download? Really? Check us out. Go to TransformationRadio.fm. We have business shows, spiritual shows, energy healing shows, and pretty much everything in between. Something for everyone guaranteed to inspire, educate, and transform. We are transforming the world one listener at a time. Wow. Hey, everyone. Welcome. Uh, Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. I'm telling you, I got to pinch myself some days because when each of us gets called to do something that we so not thought was in our wheelhouse to do for a purpose that's so much greater than us, we get to show up and shine. If you would like to show up and shine on the Dr. Pat Show as a co-host or sponsor, send us an email to inspire at thedrpatshow.com. Imagine a world where good news, positive information and stories were the mainstream. Tell us your positive story. Hashtag positivity rules. You are listening to the Transformation Radio Network. Everybody, I've been telling you about this interview. Have we finally entered the age of personal home robots? Well, yeah. Dr. Cynthia Brazil joining us here today is going to talk about Jibo. And what is Jibo? Why was it voted one of the top 25 inventions of 2017 by Time Magazine last week? And have we now entered the robot age. Dr. Brazil, thanks for joining us here today. Sounds like we may have. Yes, it's great to be here. Let's talk about this. You know, we're hearing about robots now almost every day from somewhere, right? Uh, Generations now are expecting it. So can we take a look at what it is that that you all have created but what is the technology that has enabled us to do this? Yeah, so one of the things that's so different about Jibo from other uh, smart technologies that have come into the home is Jibo is a helpful companion. 
So I saw Star Wars when I was a little girl. I fell in love with R2-D2 and C-3PO. And, you know, this notion now of a robot that has this sort of lifelike presence, it's almost like having your family pet who got really smart and can talk and to actually do useful things for you. So he has cameras, he can see you, he can recognize your face. Uh, he has six microphones in his head that you can notice when I talk to him. He can turn and look at me. He localizes the sound. He has speech recognition and natural language understanding. So I can ask him things like, hey, Jibo, do I need an umbrella today? That's probably not necessary. The forecast shows sun with a high of 57 and a low of 47. Yeah. Dr. Brazil, this is really so very exciting, but it's exciting from a lot of different perspectives. You know, we're calling this a social robot. And in the day and age that we live in, you know, people want to be able to live their lives and have an interface that makes sense to them. But I want to ask you about this. What is your vision for Jibo? What have you discovered? And what is the response from the public about it? Yeah, so we've discovered and learned so many things about how people interact with Jibo. So first of all is that people of all ages and stages are really resonating with Jibo as this helpful companion. So whether you're a young child or a busy professional or even a person aging in place, this warm, friendly interface, I like to say he's not just user-friendly, he's actually friendly, makes a big difference. And it's really this combination of both the usefulness but also the fun and the playfulness that really makes the Jibo experience so special. You know, for me as, as a mom, when I bring technology into the home, you know, the home is a very special place. You know, that's where my family is. That's where the people who I love are. You know, I don't want to compete with technology for my family's attention or vice versa. So the fact that Jibo is a social robot, that when I engage with Jibo, it's a face-to-face -face interaction, that my kids can talk to Jibo, but we're still able to actually look at each other as we're getting value from interacting with Jibo, is really quite different. And when I think about the role of autonomy and intelligence in the home, I want it to be something that allows us to stay in the human moment and to be together. So one of my favorite examples is, you know, we're coming upon the holidays, right? So I used to be the family photographer. So what would that mean, right? I would have to step out of the action, get my phone, open the app, take the picture, which means I am never in any of the family photos, which drives me nuts. But now with Jivo, he's the family photographer. So I can say, take a picture, and he can use his face recognition and detection to find us, to move, to frame the shot. And now I can be in that moment. And to me, that's priceless. So that is what is so different about the Jibo experience versus any of these other kind of uh, smart devices. Yeah, and I think the other thing you said that is really super important to talk about is we're now moving into the the age that people expect something like this. They expect a Jibo. One of the things I want to just get back to, there's a misconception about moms, and there has been for years. The latest studies report that moms by far over and above any of their male uh, uh, companions are highly technical savvy. They stay connected to the their technology higher than any other group. They use technology higher than any other group. And so it's interesting that you brought this up about being a mom. Isn't this one of the most unlikely demographics that's likely? 
<laughs> you know, I think, you know, when any of us as entrepreneurs, as, as inventors, we invent things that we are passionate about and that we have a lot of deep personal experience with. So maybe in some ways it's not surprising that a professor who happens to be a mom and a woman, you know, started a company to create something like Jibo because it is such a fundamentally not only a different experience, the whole design premise is a far more humanistic design premise that really understands the importance of family and being together, especially when we think about bringing technology into the home. You don't want technology to interfere with that. Um, so I see Jibo as being just, again, a very different experience. Yeah. And look, as the founder, as the chief scientist, as the discoverer, as the inventor, I have to tell you, I'm not surprised. I'm actually absolutely ecstatic about this and being able to talk with you because there is something that happens when you develop something from a need. I, I mean, you're talking to a woman that owns, you know, one of the largest positive talk networks on the planet and is intended to expand tenfold tenfold next year. So look at us too. What is it about us that's coming from a need to touch the hearts of people? See, that's what this is about. This is about touching the hearts of people, isn't it? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And appreciating that really to empower people and to fully engage people, it can't just be about kind of our cognitive selves. It really has to be the whole person, right? The social, the emotional, the physical, all of these things are really important to really like be able to tap in and unlock human potential. Well, I hope we're going to be able to talk with you more as time goes on. What is the best way for people to find out more? And what an honor it is to be able to speak with you today. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so to find out more about Jibo, people can go to our website at jibo.com. That's J-I-B-O.com. We are going to have some fun specials uh, on Cyber Monday. So we encourage people to check out the website Sunday night and Monday. And um, they can always join the newsletter. And that's the best way to find out what's new and exciting about Jibo. Wow. I love to see what you're going to create next. Thank you, Dr. Brazil. Thank you so much for today. And thank you for all that you do. Thank you so much. All right, everyone. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show, talk radio to thrive by. I am so thrilled to be talking to all of you. We have got talk radio for all of us. Are you ready and willing and able to accept all of the abundance you can muster up in your life? Check us out at drpatshow.com, transformationtalkradio.com, transformationradio.fm. Oh my goodness. Are you traveling most of your day? Do you want to take Transformation Talk Radio with you anywhere you go? Well, guess what? There's an app for that. Just go to the App Store on your Apple device or the Google Play Store on your Android and search Transformation Talk Radio. Catch all of our live shows no matter where you are. Thanks for listening. This is the Transformation Radio Network with a good news update. Stories to spread positivity. Rising from the ashes, Santa Rosa police give 1,000 Halloween costumes to fire-stressed kids. To learn more about this story, visit goodnewsnetwork.org.
Cardboard sign secures job for determined unemployed man. To learn more about this story, visit goodnewsnetwork.org. This has been a Good News Update. To learn more about these good news stories, visit our Facebook page, Positivity Rules. We now return to our flagship station for more inspiring shows. Listen while you work. Streaming live on any device. Tune in to the Transformation Radio Network. Visit transformationradio.fm. Many of you have heard me talk about my family and my journey, my family's journey with heart disease. Today, I'm so thrilled to have Dr. Peter Toth join us here today, Director of Preventative Cardiology, CGH Medical Center, Sterling, Illinois, and also Professor of Clinical Family and Community Medicine, University of Illinois, College of Medicine. New study today is presented by the American Heart Association, um, which is, here's what we're talking about. We're talking about new information about heart disease. That's the takeaway from the show today. Dr. Toth, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. Thanks so much, Dr. Pat. You know, much has changed. We've learned a lot, and yet we, we still don't know a lot uh, when it comes to this. And I wanted to ask you this question. What have you seen in the evolution and the studies that have been done that bring us to this point now where we have new, important, relevant information? And what is that information? So clearly, heart disease, and especially atherosclerotic disease, hardening of the arteries, is a polyfactorial illness. There are so many contributing factors to the development of atherosclerotic disease And it can vary from person to person to person, which is why the issue of personalized medicine has become of such tantamount importance. Every time a patient sits down in front of you, you have to look them in the eye and simply assume that because of their genetic constitution, their lifestyle, um, everything that they do, they have metabolic features that renders them relatively unique. And so this is why when we talk about dropping the bad cholesterol, the LDL cholesterol, to even extremely low levels, there are some people who still have heart attacks and strokes. Perhaps the blood pressure isn't well enough controlled. Their blood sugar is too high. They're too overweight. They're insulin resistant. They're still smoking. But then there are also emerging risk factors. And there are many people around the world trying to nail down the role of these emerging risk factors, right. like inflammation, other types of lipids and the like. So yes, Dr. Pat, this is very complicated stuff. And I'm so glad you're tying it to inflammation because this is the one thing we do know, right? We do know that um, inflammation, as we call it, big, big, big word, right, for a lot of things, is at such an accelerated pace that the science can't keep up with the uh, uh, with the situation, um, but there is th- there are things that we can look at. Look at beyond just bad cholesterol. I mean, how how often have we been to the doctor and doctor says, "Oh, okay, see that number, not so good." But there are things we can know and do now. And you're coming to the forefront here um, to talk with us about. Good cholesterol, bad cholesterol, really you should pay attention to a few other things. Yeah. And so 
you mentioned inflammation. Yep. And the beauty of inflammation is, yes, in general, for people who have a level of inflammation that is relevant to the cardiovascular system, the heart and blood vessels, so we typically assess that through a molecule called CRP, C-reactive protein, which most people have heard of. Yep. If, that, if that's high, it turns out that if you engage in lifestyle modification, like stopping smoking, engaging in weight loss, modifying your diet, and engaging in regular aerobic exercise, you can actually very significantly tone down that fire within, which is what inflammation represents. And then at the American Heart Association last week, we presented some data um, on, I think, a very relevant issue. And that is, you look at patients who have their bad cholesterol well-controlled on a statin. And a statin, of course, is the standard of care worldwide for reducing bad cholesterol. We looked at 22,000 high-risk patients who were either diabetic or had established cardiovascular disease and asked a very simple question. If you compare the patients who had high triglycerides, meaning over 200, to those with triglycerides less than 150, which we regard as normal, what is the risk for sustaining, say, a heart attack or a stroke? Well, the results were pretty startling. I'm happy to report that among these 22,000 patients, fully 50% were women, so they were well represented. So the data truly are relevant to both genders. The risk of heart attack was higher by 35% in the patients with high triglycerides, the risk of stroke 27% higher. But get a load of this, the need for a stent in the coronary arteries or for being split open like a watermelon for a bypass surgery was 51% higher wow. in the patients with the high triglycerides. Now, that is something that I think you really have to pay attention to because if you ask someone who's had a bypass, how was it? They're generally not going to give you a positive review and say, boy, I'd like to do that again. Oh, yeah, boy, sign me up. Yeah. So bottom line here is some of the residual risks that we observe in patients who have well-controlled bad cholesterol definitely appears to be attributable to high triglycerides. Mm. Uh, you know, this is a lot of information. I know our time is short, and I want to at least mention several times how people can find out more. So let's just take a minute to do that. And then I want to ask you a, a, a question about what what people can ask their doctors. Um, yeah. What's the best website? The best website in the world is heart.org. It's the website of the American Heart Association. And it's wonderful because it will give you tips on diet. It can give you recipes recommendations on exercise. If you have heart disease, it'll give you recommendations. It'll educate you on your heart disease and help you work with your doctor better in a more informed way. Um, and it also emphasizes the need to make sure that you are adherent, compliant with the approach to management of your disease. Mm -hmm. So I listened to the show and, our, and I, we get this all the time from our listeners. We have the best listeners on the planet, but this is what we hear. So I heard the show. I went to my doctor. I told him what I heard. And my doctor says, oh, that's just talk radio. So what you can help us with is the type of questions that people might ask their doctors so that they can get properly tested. Oh, I agree. Okay. So number one. Um, first and foremost is 
doctor, what is my 10-year risk for heart disease? Mm. Every patient who doesn't have heart disease who sees a doctor should have their 10-year risk estimated, and it's easy to do. It takes about 12 seconds. Number two, what is my bad cholesterol? What is my blood pressure? What are my triglycerides? What are the best approaches to lifestyle modification? And these I've mentioned, smoking cessation, exercise, weight loss, modifying diet. Doctor, how can I do that? If you need help with that, ask for it. There are approaches that can be used that definitely increase success rates for each of those elements of lifestyle modification. And if you don't like the idea of taking medication because the medication is recommended, really truly ask upfront why your healthcare provider feels it's important for you. Because if you leave the office with unanswered questions about your medication, long-term adherence rates plummet. If you have a bad side effect or what you believe to be a, a bad side effect that's attributable to your medication, don't just stop it. Make sure you get in and talk to your doctor about it because we know that when you stop medication, risk for heart attack, stroke, and death increase when it's a medication that is needed to attenuate your risk for cardiovascular disease. Oh. But most of all, Dr. Pat, I'm going to plead with your audience. If you haven't been checked out, get checked out. Yeah. If you have been checked out and you still have doubts, alleviate those doubts with good information and talking to your doctor, not just talking with your friends who are going to discourage you from following through. Yeah, you're, I'll tell you what, you're mentioning such important things. I mean, we're on a mission here to help people get an understanding about what healthy living is all about and make it really, really easy for them. Um, you know, most of us hear about heart disease. We hear about risk for stroke. As a matter of fact, last week, I lost a very dear friend for a stroke, uh, to a stroke. And if you looked at him, Dr. Toth, you would not think he is a candidate for it. You wouldn't think that, right? Um, that's the problem. And that's why I'm pleading with people to yeah. get in and check, get checked yeah. out. Why? Yeah. Because one-third, one-third of all first-time heart attacks are fatal. That means no second chance. Yep. You want to completely obviate that risk, get in, get checked out, and if you need help, get the help. Because if you're one of those three people who have no second chance, it is devastating to the people you leave behind as well as to you, of course. Yeah. Thank you so much for today. I got one little, little question to ask you again, and please give out the website. What's your personal message? What would you like to leave everyone with today? And happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, well, happy Thanksgiving to you and everybody else. The most important message is if you haven't been checked out, get checked out. If you have been checked out, follow through on recommendations. And whatever you do, don't stop your medication until you talk to your doctor. Thank you so much. And website again, please? Heart.org. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Toad. Thank you all. We're going to take a short break. And guess what? We've got lots more to come. Thanks, Dr. Pat. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.